All right, Lord, I do have a question for you. I was stalking your Twitter earlier, getting ready for uh, for the episode, and <laughs> God damn it, Drew! This is gonna be so. We're gonna have to charge like so much extra for any ads that we do because Drew's just gonna keep firing them off in the middle of the episode. Uh, Drew has too much power. <laughs> this is yeah. great. I love this. Thank you to uh, the Hockey Podcast yeah, Network. For, for some reason, for giving Drew this power, it's not good. Oh, jeez. All right, hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Bruins and Bruins podcast. Also, season two, episode five, five, which I definitely knew. Let's crack it open and get right to it. Send it around the table. My name is Cam Hasbrick, joined as per usual by Drew Johnson and Chris Gear. We have a wonderful guest on today. It's Nesson's own Lauren Campbell at La 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 Lauren on Twitter. She'll tell you how to spell that one because there's too many letters getting crossed in my head here by looking at it. Let's send it right around here, guys. What are we drinking? Uh, I've I've got the uh, Saucy Brewworks Three Hose Christmas Ale, courtesy of Drew's dad. Um, <laughs> thanks to Drew's dad for that. It Drew. is a an amber Drew. ale with spices, uh, and that's pretty good. Um, you can definitely taste it. Let's give that like a 34 for taste. Uh, drinkability, it's dangerous. 7.5% alcohol. Um, doesn't taste like it. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll say 27 for drinkability. John Moore. Oh. <laughs> you sure you want to keep <laughs> that answer there, Drew? Or, or Chris, rather, you want to switch that around? <laughs> I, I said what I said. <laughs> he meant it. All right, Drew, what you got? Um, I also have, well, I have a Love You Buy, a hazy imperial IPA, also from Saucy Brew Works, courtesy of my father. <laughs> there seems to be a trend going. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you, you can definitely taste it. That's going to get a 32. Who is 32? I don't know. Who cares? 32 out of 37 on the taste. And then drinkability. Um... Yeah, I'm going to give that like a 22. Go Sean Thornton for that one. Nice. I like it. Uh, I am also drinking a Saucy Brewers. <laughs> it is a Juicy ASAP American IPA, courtesy, once again, of Drew's dad. Uh, let's give it a go here. I've already taken a couple sips, so I was cheating. But uh, drinkability for an IPA, pretty good. Not overly powerful. Um, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to break out a new one here, a 31.5 on the drinkability. Whoa, Not quite a 32, whoa. but a 31 felt a little disrespectful, if I'm being honest, on the drinkability scale. Taste, some strong flavor there. Mm. 20, 20, 22. Pretty good for you know a beer, but not overly heavy for an IPA. Solid beer, though. Shout out once again, Drew's dad. I don't know, Drew, does your dad have anything to plug on Twitter or something while we're while we're just sitting <laughs> yeah. for him quicker? Um, so you can follow my dad um, on on Facebook, uh, <laughs> Lee Kimball, advertisement oh. for his business. 
<laughs> Maybe he'll pass. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh. Well, as I said before, we are joined today by Lauren Campbell of Nesson. Lauren, we're overdue having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything to drink today? Or you're just jumping on to talk some hockey for us. Um, I'm just jumping on to talk hockey. I am working right now, so I'm on the <laughs> clock. So no alcohol today, or not until like midnight. But respectable. Um, just trying to trying to do my part here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably too respectable for our podcast. But I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. And as uh, someone else who works until midnight, I understand the struggle. Uh, let's get right into it then. A lot of hockey stuff to talk about this week for the first time in a while. Uh, first and foremost, this is a Bruins podcast. I guess we'll start there. The Bruins are finally coming back. January 13th, the NHL kicking off with a 56-game season. A lot of changes. First of all, just initial reaction, guys. How excited is everybody for hockey to be coming back? Lauren, we'll start with you. I'm so excited. I mean, I do – so much of my content revolves around hockey. And just growing up, it was like my – baseball and hockey are my one-two. So – not having hockey, not knowing when it was coming back was just sucked. So when I finally got the announcement yesterday, I was just like, oh, let's go. Like, let's let's open another beer for this because it is so needed for that. Um, so I'm just really excited, really excited to watch hockey. I don't care if it's not my team. I'm just excited it's going to be back on my TV. Hell yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, NHL Chris center Drew. center ice package is uh, kicking in soon, so I'll 24/7 whenever I'm home that'll be on. Um, yeah, uh, pretty pumped. Uh, it's it, the excitement's already kind of been there because we, we thought for a little while that this was going to be the date, but then there was that kind of little thing about all right, are, are the Canadian teams going to be able to play in Canada? What's going on with that? And finally, they they announced it was going to be good. So yeah, definitely very excited obviously most excited most excited for the bruins but a lot of interesting matchups uh gonna be coming out of these new divisions so that's cool too yeah for sure i think i, I don't know i'm trying to like compare it because i'm having a little bit of deja vu from like a couple months ago when hockey came back for the first time i think i'm like kind of strangely like more excited for this than i was for that just because we get a whole fresh start and it feels like a more complete hopefully i mean obviously we'll see what goes on hopefully a more complete season here. Um, I don't know. Is that just me? Or are you guys like, it just feel like you're like just stuck in a loop here. Cause that's what 2020 is. But like, yeah, it felt kind of like uh, it was a really bad idea to start playing hockey when they did the bubble. And then it kind of turned out better than we all assumed. This also feels like a bad idea, but kind of on the cusp of when things are starting or going to be starting to get better due to the vaccine. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm probably more excited for this just because it's a the beginning of hockey season more than like, I don't know, I just wasn't ready for hockey to come back in a weird capacity last time. But yeah, excitement, excitement at peak. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird in between for me with like, we're going to have like teams, at least most teams seems like in their stadiums, like maybe some fans, which like, I don't really know if that's a great idea. Again, kind of a, a hard thing with the, the pandemic. But at the same okay, time, Florida. it's like, you know, like part of my brain is just like, yes, give me hockey with fans and Bruins and TD Garden and all that stuff. But then it's just like also like, I don't know how I feel about this from just like an ethical perspective. Um, we kind of talked about this a few times and Lauren, maybe you have some thoughts to sh share about it, but I think our kind of consensus was that 
you can kind of have both sides where you can say, hey, this, you know, maybe we should think about how responsible this is, how smart this is, how we're going to do this safely. Maybe not the best idea while also having some space to just be like, hey, we're hockey fans. Obviously, we're still excited for it. Yeah, it's it's hard because you've seen the NFL and the struggles they've gone through all season. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, the Patriots don't allow fans, but you know, Dolphins and I think the Steelers do. Um, it's a, it's basically split. And I like having the fans there, obviously. I don't know about you guys, but like watching it over the summer, hockey over the summer without fans was really, really weird. I didn't think yeah. it would really impact the games for like viewership. But at the end of the day, I was like, I need that, like, that, that adrenaline, I need those boos, I need those cheers, just to really, really get into it and have that fun viewing on TV. Um, obviously, first and foremost, everyone should be safe. I want to get back in the garden so, so bad, but I'm not rushing to get there if it's not safe. I think one of the biggest concerns with starting the season in January is it's going to be two weeks after New Year's, everyone's going to be gathering still, no one's going to be following any of these protocols that Massachusetts has in place. And I just feel like we're going to see a huge spike in cases, even though the vaccine is starting to get rolled out. But I still think there's those people that just go about their lives like nothing's happening and that there is no pandemic. And that that's probably going to you know, spill into the stands where you allow fans and all it takes is one person. So I think it's obviously I want fans there more than anything. I want to be there. I want to I want to see the fans there and I want to see them in their element. But you need to keep everyone safe. And that goes for the players too. I mean, going back to football, they're traveling, they're playing as if there's no pandemic, like traveling schedule wise. And we've just seen cases week after week after week. And I don't want that to happen in in the NHL because I think scheduling will be a lot more difficult. Um, So I think they have their work cut out for them, especially if there is an outbreak among the teams. Yeah, definitely. You see, like like you mentioned, the, the, the problems that the NFL has had with scheduling one game a week for every team. Now we're talking several games a week, especially. Right. I mean, I know they're, they're kind of staggering, like, two or three games against the same team over and over, kind of mini-series baseball style, if you will. Um, so that maybe will make things a little bit easier, but the logistics of it are, are definitely problematic. I still kind of like my idea from earlier in the pandemic where it's just one fan from each team. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that there's the, the NHL missed out on some opportunities there with the bubble. I think that could have been really creative. They didn't go for it, I guess. Maybe one day I'll kind of have that influence. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm super stoked to have fans back in the stadium. It's just a matter of, like, whether it can be done safely. Like Chris said, I think the bubble was done probably better than most people expected. I was definitely, you know, surprised with – as far as, you know, the safety of it and how effective it was, I think went really well. Um, obviously, the concern was you can't do that for a full season. It's just not feasible, yeah. especially economically, which, let's be honest here, the NHL is business. That is what's going to come first for them, whether we like it or not. Um, so you know, whether ads. or not, <laughs> Yeah, and helmet ads. Helmet that's, ads. We, helmet that's, ads. that's the main helmet topic ads. for later is helmet ads. Very yes. controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, like, I don't know, having 5,000 people in a stadium, like whether that is something that's actually going to be safe or if that's just something that sounds like it's going to be safe instead of packing in tens of thousands of people. I don't know. But, um, you know, from a, from a purely hockey fan perspective, obviously, like Lauren said, I mean, obviously watching hockey 
bubble hockey was fun and, and kind of filled a little bit of that void, but I still don't feel like we've had true NHL hockey back. And this is at least the first step down that road. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> correct, bro. Thanks for coming, Drew. <laughs> Thank you, Drew, for checking in. Uh, all right, let's, let's keep talking then. Um, divisions are going to look a lot different this year. And especially for the Bruins, pretty much the, the Atlantic division got really shaken up. Just them and the Sabres left from that division here. And then you pretty much have the Metropolitan. Laura, I'm going to go to you first. How do you feel about the strength of schedule, I guess? Because I, I assume, you know, we're still waiting to see what the exact schedule is. But I'm assuming with a 56-game season and the pandemic going on, they're going to really focus a lot of the play within the division. Do you feel like the Bruins are going to be better off or worse off with this new East division? I want to say worse just because you have the Capitals who they just can't beat the Flyers who just made them look silly in the, in the round Robin. And they've always struggled against the Flyers. And I just feel like of all the teams that were, are in this division, the Bruins, I don't want to say got hosed. I think that's too aggressive, but I think they're kind of the, on the losing side. If I'm picking losers or winners, I don't, I think this hurts them more than it benefits them. You know, it's not like the Hurricanes where they're getting most of the good teams out of that division where maybe they can finally start making moves and top four teams from each division get into the playoffs. Then you're leaving, especially like specifically in the Bruins division, you're leaving two playoff caliber teams out automatically. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with the Bruins division. I like the realignment, but I'm not thrilled with how the Bruins made out in that. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of in the middle on it. I don't think it swings one way or the other because you lose uh, the other top two teams in the Atlantic division. Um, and then you get a bunch of maybe good teams, maybe not. I don't know. I think something we do a lot uh, when we're evaluating hockey teams is we kind of throw out what happened two years ago a little too quickly. Like there, there are some teams in this division that just haven't been good a couple times in the past few years and I'm not willing to like throw that result out because maybe the flyers got hot at the end of last year. Um, and Washington's getting older. I mean, the Bruins are getting older too, but I don't know. I, I think it could go either way. Uh, it's hockey's weird. This could be an absolute cake division or it could be an absolute just brawl. Um, Maybe the Sabres finally get good the way that everyone's been thinking that they do uh, <laughs> at some point. Um, I think the Devils are going to be bad. I think the Islanders are probably going to be worse than they were last year. The Rangers might be better than they were. Maybe they won't be. Um, and then, yeah, you got the Flyers, Penguins, and Caps, and they've been good over the last couple of years. But also, who knows? I'm guessing one of those teams, at least one, will underachieve and – Overall, I'm just not more worried about it than I was previously. Yeah, I was originally afraid of the Capitals, just knowing <clears throat> the Bruins' history with them. Uh, usually it's the goaltender, though, that just kind of like, you know, steals games against them, usually, you know, Holtby, but he's gone. And then I realized also Lundqvist, unfortunate, for more unfortunate reasons, cannot play this season. Um, so that has me like a little less afraid of them because they don't really seem to have too great of a you know backup plan in terms of that i uh like they have a couple prospects that are kind of ready to jump into that and uh so i'm not too worried about them as worried as i was before um realizing that lundquist couldn't play 
And yeah, the Penguins are a little scary just because of the star power there. But in terms of a matchup, I don't think they've been a huge headache for the Bruins too uh, too much in the past. And then the Flyers, yeah, they're concerning. But like, yeah, the other teams in that division, I think the Bruins can handle, although they might be playoff caliber and, uh, you know, might be some tough matchups. I think on paper, the Bruins are better than the rest of the teams in that division. Yeah, I feel like the East Division, I don't know, maybe just because they're the one that I've thought about the most, but I feel like it is the one with the most question marks, kind of like Chris had alluded to, where there's like there's a couple of teams where it's like they could really surprise people this year or, or maybe not even have it be that much of a surprise. Like a team like the Rangers, for example, that, you know, you think like, oh, they just got the number one overall pick. Like they can't be that good. They were they were a decent team last year. And all of a sudden you add, you know, somebody like Lafreniere and on top of the talent they already have – the Rangers are a team that could make a run this year or, you know, like Washington have had the Bruins number, but both of those teams could also regress a little bit this season. I wouldn't be terribly surprised, especially, you know, Washington, like you guys kind of alluded to, you don't really know what's going on with their goaltending situation right now. And especially this season where we're going to have 56 games compressed, you know, at least three goalies, taxi squads, goaltending is going to be important. And a team like Washington that kind of has a lot of question marks there could see some problems but at the same time this is a team that won the Stanley Cup a couple years ago and you know net we shouldn't necessarily throw that out yet obviously the team's changed a fair amount since then but I feel like there really are a lot of question marks in this division and oddly enough I feel like the Bruins are one of the more secure teams about you kind of know what you're going to get um obviously still some question marks there especially defensively I think which we'll get to in a minute but um yeah, I, this division is going to be interesting to watch just because everything is up in the air. Uh, and obviously some not necessarily new opponents because, you know, we play all of these teams every year. But having regular games against pretty much the Metropolitan Division is going to be interesting for sure. I like it, though, because, yeah, no, I really like it. Because, you know, other than Montreal and then recently Toronto and I suppose – Tampa Bay just because they're really good, but I feel like there's no bad blood between the Bruins and Tampa Bay. There hasn't been like this big like American rival that the Bruins have had, and this actually gives them a chance to kind of, you know, build on some of that. There's been a little bit, you know, just because great playoff series like with Pittsburgh, the sweep, and then uh, <clears throat> some tough ones with Washington, for example. But uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see how that's going to go in terms of rivalries. Let's fantasize for a second here. I, I don't think obviously it's going to happen because it's Toronto and they can't make it out of the first round. But like a a Bruins Maple Leaf Stanley Cup final would be possible here. Seven games. Like we thought. Like we thought Vancouver lost their shit when the Bruins beat the Canucks in the Stanley Cup final. Could you imagine what would happen to Toronto Nine. and probably the entire country of Canada, maybe even all of North America, if Toronto lost the Game Seven to the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final? <laughs> It would be chaos. I bring me all the chaos, but if Toronto lost again in Game Seven to the Bruins in a Stanley Cup Final, I don't think we'd see Toronto like ever again as a as a city at all. Like it would just, just, existing, be, yeah. just be gone. Like, Maybe not even in the history books. Just wipe it out. Yeah, just completely wiped out of everything. And I don't like. Oh man, I mean Toronto's fans—they've been through a lot, but like whatever. It's Toronto, and that's the Bruins' rival. But oh man, like that's. That's the last thing they need right now, but I'm all for it. Excited yeah, to the f- see the uh, the Hamilton Oak Leaves start up next year. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the flip side of that, like 
And I feel like I'm like sacrilegious even saying this on a Bruins podcast. So I'm just going to like say it quietly, but like if the, if the, if the Maple Leafs were going to ever exercise their playoff demons against the Bruins, like this would be the one thing that could possibly happen that would like make them forget about the last decade if they were to beat the Bruins in that sense. So I don't even want to think about that. Cause I thought it, but didn't want to yeah, listen to it. Say but, it. <laughs> but since we're, you. since we're unbiased journalists, <laughs> uh, only yeah, one I'm, a real journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting though, especially with like, you don't really get it in the, in the East division, but um, in the central and the North where you have this kind of like Eastern conference, Western conference mashup, it's going to be kind of cool to see. And, and the other thing that was weird to me, obviously, with like an, an odd number of teams is like four four playoff teams from each division. Like the North just like there's only seven teams there. So only three teams are missing out on the playoffs instead of two instead of four. Like just awesome for them, I guess. Like, go Canada. I mean, like Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup in fucking forever. So maybe this is just their way of being like, here, it's a little easier for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, make the appease the Canadian fans. But um yeah, it's going to be a different NHL year for sure, but I don't know. I'm I'm really excited to see and and kind of like Lauren said, just give me the chaos. I'm I'm kind of all for it at this point. Like 2020's been such a shit show that we might as well just get weird on the ice too. I'm all about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um so moving in a little more closely to the Bruins here. Um one of the question marks you kind of alluded to earlier was the defensive core and We've kind of been talking on this podcast for like weeks and really months now. Like, what's the deal with Zidane Chara? Is he going to come back? Is he not? I think this entire time we've kind of either used it as like an excuse to not answer or what, but just kind of being like, I think he's just sort of waiting it out until we get a firm plan on what the season is. Well, here we are. We finally have a firm plan, a start date on the season. What are we thinking? Is Chara going to be back in a Bruins jersey in the NHL? Is he going to hang him up? Like, there was some stuff recently in the news, so I'm am curious to hear Lauren what you maybe what you know, maybe you know more than us, maybe you don't. But I I've seen some articles out there about Neely saying stuff, and then uh, Char's agent saying some stuff as well. Yeah, Char's agent came out today and said that I think there's like 20 teams interested in him, um, and he's just waiting. Like he's in Char's in a really ideal position. He there's plenty of teams out there who want his services and he's just like it's it's on him like he doesn't care about I don't think he cares about the money I don't think he cares about the term I don't think anyone's going to give him more than a year but like he is just waiting and I think it's just waiting for the schedule waiting to see the COVID protocols um I don't even know if he's still in Boston I know obviously during the season he's around this area I don't know if he's gone back home so that's a whole other thing. Like there's players still in Europe and Canada that have no idea. Like the, I mean, you have to quarantine once you get into the U S so that's a whole other thing. If Char is out of the country. Um, but personally, I think he comes back. I think he comes back on a year on a year deal. Like he's been doing. And I don't think it's kind of in the same capacity. I don't think he's going to be on that top pairing anymore. He'll still be captain. He'll still be that big leader that the Bruins have always had for the last 16 or 17 years with him. But I think his role will be diminished. And I mean, at this point, he's going to be 44, 45 years old when the season starts. So he can't be what he was. I mean, we all know he's closer to the end of his career at this point. But 
I think it's worth bringing him back. I hope he returns. I think he's great for the Bruins. Um, obviously a little slower than he was the past couple years, but I mean, McAvoy's done really well under him. And now with Krug gone too, you still kind of need that Chara presence um, just because their defense is so, so young. They don't really have that other veteran in there. And they have Kevin Miller, who's been missing for two years because of his knee. They have McAvoy, who's been around, but he's only 24, 24, 23. He's young. So to have him back, I think would be really beneficial in a smaller role and then let those younger guys step up and see what, see how deep this defense core really is. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're, like you said, if you're rolling out Zeno Char as your number one demon in 2020, then you probably, probably need to reevaluate your situation. Um, but that being said, I, I do think he still has a role on the team in a, in a decreased role for sure. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is just like a decade plus of Char in a Bruins jersey as the captain, you know, getting to me. But like, I, I really would be surprised to see him sign anywhere else. I feel like if he's going to play hockey, the Bruins are going to be the one that he's going to be playing hockey for. And obviously, like if the Bruins didn't show any interest and he still wanted to play, it's not out of this world that he could go somewhere else. But I would be very surprised if he were, you know, putting on another jersey this season. Yeah, he, he loves Boston. He's not... a He's always been like very Boston, just even in the community. He's always helping at the hospitals. He's always helping with kids. And I think he's too involved in the community to go somewhere else. I mean, it's not out of the question if he's got interest in. He's going to obviously look at these people, at these teams who are interested in him and see what they have to offer. But at the end of the day, the Bruins, he's been with the Bruins 16 years. So it makes it makes sense, but I mean, I said that about Tom Brady. I was like, oh yeah, he's been here twenty years. He's gonna come back. So anything's possible, but I do think in a shortened season, in a season where it's a little different, just go back to the Bruins and then finish the finish your career. Go somewhere else after next year if that's what it is. But it just makes too much sense for him to come back to the Bruins. Yeah, Cassidy was saying he was he wanted to give some looks to some of those young left defensemen and like yeah, I appreciate that, but still the left side is so shallow that you can add Chara and you still have that open spot on the third right. line or third pairing to uh to test out some of the young guys. Um yeah, I mean eventually you want to see what you have uh beyond wh- who's been in the lineup the last few years, but um I'm not super optimistic about anybody down there. <laughs> Not not ready to throw any of them on the second pairing and try to contend. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, I'm I'm not like too excited about maybe Grizz taking the first, which is kind of why I wanted them to have Chara, but I'm willing to give him a shot. Ah, give <laughs> us that pairing. And it, I want I want Grizz McAvoy. I need that. I, yeah. I kind of do too, to be honest. With you. I want to see it. I want to see it, but I don't have a lot of trust in it. Like I'm a little uneasy about it, which is why I'd be happy having Chara there, even if. You know, Grizzly winds up doing good. You have him locked in on that second pair, and then you can trust a rookie on the third pair or uh, more of a prospect anyway. Um, and then if it doesn't work out with Grizzly there, then he takes second pair, and you got Chara, who's been there for a while, even if he's old, even if he's slowing down. Like, he's been reliable there. Um, I think his reach gives him a lot of benefit there and is why he's still <laughs> he's still a viable option. Um, yeah, so I think that's the big reason I want Char back is just insurance in case stuff with Grizzly doesn't work out or a prospect doesn't pan out. It's it's really good to have insurance in I general, but also in hockey on defense. Yeah. 
I like I him for the penalty kill. <laughs> I like Grizzlick on the on the first pairing. I like that. He's fast. He can move the puck. And McAvoy's quick on the puck, too. I think that'd be a good pairing. But, I mean, Grizzlick's a lot smaller. But then you have McAvoy's probably just the size difference, probably the same between him and Char than McAvoy and Grizzlick. So, it's like, <laughs> seeing that is, like, that's crazy. But I like Grizzlick on the first line, I th- on the first pairing. I think um, – I think it would work. I'm not the coach, so maybe it wouldn't, but there's no sense in not trying. See see if it works. See if they mesh well because McAvoy's learned under Chara, so there's no really no one really better to learn under. In limited by, time by transitive property. <laughs> in limited time together, their fancy stats are really promising. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like I, I I think I lean more toward I want to see it happen. Um, I think I kind of see where Drew's coming from, where I definitely want to see it. I'm not sure I'm 100% ready to rely on it as, you know, in the, in the sense that here's what we're doing and it better work or else we're fucked because we have no other options. I definitely think this – I think this is going to work. Let's try it out. But if we get a month into the season and for some reason it's not working, we have to have some kind of ability to pivot there. Um, that being said, I, I don't know. I'm really big on Grizzly. I think he has been probably one of the most consistent defensemen for the Bruins for the past two seasons, especially last year. I think he is certainly ready for an increased role, whether that's a jump from, you know, the third pairing to the first, we'll see. But at the very least, I think he's ready for more. Um, I told these guys before I kind of accidentally joined like a super intense fantasy league this year. (laughs) Like (laughs) this guy that I like sort of know who does uh, play-by-play and, and stuff for the local school that I grew up at. Um, it was just like he had an extra spot in his like keeper intense fantasy league where they do like salary caps and shit and drafting prospects and stuff. And he was just like, hey, you want to join my fantasy league? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then he was like, here's this crazy shit. And I was like, oh, God, this is way more intense than I thought. Anyway. And he's like, had, $500. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> really what I was just like, oh, this is salary cap. And, like, I got, like, stepped in. It was pretty much like I got hired as the GM for this team. Like, half the team was already drafted. <laughs> and I had to, like, fill a couple open spots. And, like, I'm, like, trying to manage salary cap. And he's like, no, you're good. Like, your team made the playoffs last year. Like, you're actually in pretty good shape. First of all, I'm the Senators. Hey, that's not that's not a good look. That's a bad omen right off the bat. You're but, Eugene Melnick? I had I had like four open D spots on my team, and the first person I picked was Grizzlick over some players that I think a lot of people would have drafted ahead of him. But I was in my mind, I'm like, I really like what I've seen out of him the last couple of years, and just knowing the Bruins' defensive situation, he's going to step into a lot bigger role at even strength, but also I think on that second power play unit. I you know my I my imagine you know that McAvoy gets pushed pushed up to the first one. Grizzlick I think is going to get slotted into the second one. Correct me if you guys think I'm wrong, but I think he's going to at least get a shot at that power play because he is really great at moving the puck. So I'm excited to see what he – I think he's ready for a bigger role. And as far as, like, filling the void left by Torrey Krug, obviously offensively, Grizzlick's not going to step in and necessarily do that. But I think if you're going to lose someone like Krug, I'm pretty confident having someone like Grizzlick to fill the gap in in the sense that, okay, he's going to be at least serviceable – and not being in a situation where we're like, we're kind of screwed. Let's just start rolling the dice on people. Imagine being that local kid on the first line, the first pair defense. 
on the Boston Bruins. <laughs> it's like me. It's like me. Being it's like the, you drew the when, first sorry, when, pair when Drew becomes the number one defense on the Bruins. <laughs> on the Bruins. Yeah, you got it, buddy. It's not, it's not too late. <laughs> drew, you get lit up. <laughs> oh, I would for sure. I'm probably. I'm about. I'm probably about Grizzly's size, but he probably has like 50 pounds on me and muscle, and like I'm just bones, you know. Oh, I would die. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm Andrew Ference's height, but I think he's like way heavier than me just because he like has muscle and shit, and I just have nothing. <laughs> so let's say, let's say theoretically, all right, Grizzly and McAvoy on that top pairing. Do you want Char on the two pairing or do you want to drop him down to the three and keep him really just like veteran presence, you know, eat some minutes on the third line or like, where do we feel like he's at at this point? Cause you know, obviously he's slowing down a lot that reach helps him out, but you know, even when you're six foot nine a reach can only do so much. What do we think the role would be for Char next season? I think it, it depends on who's going to be on that second line. Cause then you have, you also have Kevin Miller who is veteran big body. So it's kind of like, where does he go? Do you want two big bodies and Miller and Chara on the same pairing? Um, Miller's obviously a little faster. Yeah. See, like, no, not good. And <laughs> I think, I think it'd be the third. I think that would make the most sense for him to have that veteran presence to coach up these younger guys. And you have guys like Jeremy Lazan, who's, who's a big dude. He's not afraid to use his body and he could learn a lot from Chara where just working alongside him. Like that would be good. But, I mean, not second or third is easy to say, but I, I think the third would make more sense for him if Chara comes back, just like I said, just so we can coach those guys and still be that veteran. And no one's going to mess with him still. I mean, he's six foot nine, so he's always going to have that on his side. I just need the Brandano-Charlo uh, pairing. That's uh, yeah. Mixing those names together is just too good not to do it. That's that's scary too. That's a that's another. You are muted, Cam. Yeah, Cam, you're always on mute. <laughs> you know what? I was what I had to say was not worth listening. <laughs> I, I, I was just gonna correct some facts from earlier. So, uh, oh man, I, I am I am the same height as Andrew Ferris. <laughs> <and> he has. <laughs> what are you talking about, Matt Grizzly? He has thirty four pounds on me, and that's gotta be all. <laughs> Muscle, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I'm I'm two inches taller than Matt Grizzlick, but he still has uh, some weight for me. So, yeah, I'd get lit up as a first pair defenseman for sure. I just wanted to confirm that as a fact, but but not as not a third pair defenseman. Yeah, defenseman. I think I could get away with it. I think I could get away with it. I could just kind of lurk, maybe block some shots, and you know, be okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> So looking at that bottom six, I guess, who who do you think maybe like of, I guess, the younger players, I guess, who do you want to kind of slot in there if, let's say you are pushing, let's say theoretically you do have the Brandino Charlo line, whatever the fuck Chris just called it, <laughs> as, as a second line maybe. What do you want in that third line? You're just going Kevin Miller and Lawson and they're just going to fucking murder anybody that comes on there half the ice or like what's, what's the deal? <laughs> I like that's like the Bash Brothers like kind of line right there like that would be absolutely perfect Um, probably a little dangerous but um, then you have John Moore 
Who man? John Moore, Stephen Camper, was on. We need, we need oh, John Clifton. Moore uh, manning the press box or whatever. I'm so, a known Clifton guy. <laughs> ah, so I, I am a, uh, I'm over Connor Clifton. I don't. Like, sorry if I'm gonna ruffle any feathers. Oh no! <laughs> no, ruffle away, please. This is what but, we're looking for. But, Mark Ruffalo. I don't. I don't think. He's not a bad player. I just think there's so much hype around him that he's just not living up to it. And it's just, I'd rather have Lazone out there than Clifton. But then it's like, would I rather have Clifton than John Moore? And then it's like, oh, gee, like, I don't know. Because John Moore's been a liability at times out there. And it's been frustrating to watch him when he signed to that contract and you're expecting more out of him. But Kevin Miller and Lazone would be pretty cool to see. Um, Carlo and... Chara, obviously, I'm not going to try to say whatever Chris just said because that was a mouthful. Brandano Charlo, <laughs> yes, Brandano Charlo, um, and then you still have Stephen Camper, I think, but you don't know if he's going to opt out again. Um, I think he's still signed. I'm not really sure. Like he's just kind of out I there. I don't even know. Like he's <laughs> been like hovering around the Bruins for like decades, but I really don't even. Know. <laughs> I just assume he's always with the Bruins. <laughs> yeah. It's really 2088. We're gonna be like, I think Steven Camper's still signed for like league minimum. I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but like he's <laughs> still with the Bruins. Uh Nainen still hanging around. Vak Nainen, yeah. The vacuum. I need I him to <laughs> need him to be called the vacuum after he blocks so many shots. I need it to be. I think it's worth giving him a good look too. I think he's gonna be good and I just think they're they have so much depth. They have so many young guys. That it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle to get in get minutes for these guys, but I mean we we saw it in the 2018-19 Stanley Cup, just like next man up, like defense is hurt. Matt Grizzly got hurt, it Char got hurt obviously, and it was just constant like next person up. And now it's gonna be a lot more this year because Krug's gone. You don't know the status with Char, and even if he comes back, he's not gonna come back in this big full time role. So. You have a ton of guys to kind of play around with and figure out these pairings. And we've seen Bruce Cassidy screw around with these pairings and lineups so many times that he's not afraid. Like, he'll put McAvoy with Lazone. He'll put Miller with Carlo. Like, he'll put small bodies with big bodies. He'll put big bodies with big bodies. So I'm all in on Lazone. I I love him. I love his size. I love his the way he just throws his weight around. He's not afraid to do that. And... I'll be so mad. I'll be damned if he does not get on this roster, on the opening night roster. I will be very, very angry. And Lauren's writing him in in full shark. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It. I'm all about it. Yeah, and and I, like like you said, with with Krug and and maybe Chara gone, we'll see. Um, that depth is going to be certainly useful. And then on top of that, just you know, a condensed season. You don't get a really a full off season or a regular preseason as far as training regiments and stuff go. You imagine there's going to be injuries, fatigue, that sort of thing popping up even more this season. That's why they're carrying the taxi squads and things like that. Depth is going to be important. And I think, you know, the Bruins are pretty well positioned in that sense that they, they tend to have depth. I would say on most ends of the lineup. Um, I think the goaltending is going to be an interesting spot. Obviously you have a, more, the best duo in the league last season, and I think probably going into this season, I think it'd be hard pressed to find a better goaltending situation than Rask and Halak. But like even there, it's like you know who do we turn to behind them? Do you want to go with somebody like Vladar, um, or do you want to go with somebody like Swayman, who's less proven? Uh, so that'll be interesting. But just up and down the roster, I think the Bruins probably are 
more set than most teams as far as as depth goes. And and Chris and Drew are laughing at me, and I'm not really sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I was laughing at Drew rubbing his hands together. For oh, Jared <laughs> Swayman. Swayman, I was I like, oh, oh, oh. shout out the Black Bears. I I just have like a, a blind, like completely biased, uh, like fanhood of. Uh, Connor Clifton and Jeremy Swayman just completely because I went to college with one and then like the others from UMaine and it's college hockey and I love college hockey. So you got to go with both of them. I think Swayman starts over Rask and then you got Connor Clifton in there and they'll scratch, uh, they'll scratch McAvoy for him. So, you know, that's, that's my team. (laughs) That's why Drew's on the show people. That's why I'm here. I love it. Completely biased takes. Um, one more thing that we, we've talked about a little bit when he signed, but like, it's been a little bit since then we're finally going to look at Craig Smith in a Bruins Jersey, like man just with a two feast. First names. <laughs> <laughs> the man with two first names, a feast for hopefully the scoreboard and the eyes, of course, an absolute man rocket. Uh, what are we expecting out of Craig Smith this season? Lauren, I know a lot of Bruins fans are really high on him. What is your take? Do you think he's really going to like, blow us away or just be another solid Sweeney signing that steps in and does what he's supposed to? So I think he'll go above expectations. I don't think he's going to blow anyone away, like you said, but I think I think now, like, Bruins fans are just so used to these signings where it's like, oh, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out, like, whatever, and just kind of toss it away, and they don't really get too excited about signings anymore. Like, I was pretty pumped about Andre Kasha signing a trade and getting him here, so I just feel like I feel like people also forget that they signed Craig Smith. Like it's, it's been so long and people are just like, Oh yeah, like he's here. But I think, I think he'll be a fine addition. Like I said, I think he'll go over expectations, nothing too crazy. Um, I'm just kind of expecting a little more than average. Um, Hopefully it works out. Um, I don't want to go through another bus signing or, or have somebody like Excel and then they just leave. I'm also like really sick of that too, but I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team. I think, I think it's an added boost. Um, do I think he's the player that gets them to the Stanley Cup final? No, but he's certainly a piece that fits in that puzzle. Yeah, I think Definitely. Lauren probably has a, a better idea of like all of Bruins Twitter's reaction to things like that, or like our segment of Bruins Twitter definitely really excited about. I think Smith would be the word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're simping Craig Smith. Um yeah, I I think I saw some reaction that was really tepid to his signing because a, a lot of people were expecting Taylor Hall or something more exciting. Um yeah, I, I think m- my feelings on the man are well known both as a a very good-looking human being and uh, as a hockey player. I think uh I think people are going to like him a lot and if if you're on the fence right now, get off the fence and start simping for craig smith yeah i was gonna say we're definitely simping for craig smith considering we gave him a second first name um <laughs> hey we yeah, that was all me folks <laughs> yeah that was all you um yeah smith the reputable first name so many smiths out there um yeah no i i'm really excited to see what smith can do I think you see, you know, him on that third line with Charlie Coyle. I think they keep Kasha and DeBrusque and Krejci together. Um, maybe while Marshawn and Poster are injured, you might see him with Bergeron. 
which could be interesting to see. Um, but I think, you know, more realistically, if you have Pasta and Marsh on there, you see him with Bjork and Coyle, and I really think that line could do some damage. I think, um, well, then you also have Stunnika in there, so it's a little... It's a little hard. Where do you play who? Oh, God. You know, that that's a good problem. Just, to just have. realizing all the players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Joachim Nordstrom. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Calgary Flame. Joachim Nordstrom. <laughs> Formerly. Oh, my God. We got Chris Kelly on the team. We got <laughs> He's coming um, back. Uh, no, but yeah, I think it, that's a good problem. Putting the skates on. <laughs> It's a good problem to have not knowing exactly where everyone's going to be because like, it's not because at least on offense for the Bruins that, Oh no, they can't handle that role. It's more like, well, I'd love to see him get those minutes, but you know, there's priority in who gets minutes and I guess he'll take less if he's on the fourth line or whatever. Um, Those are good problems to have, but I'd love to see, you know, during the time that Marshawn and Poster and Smith and Bergeron on the same same line could be uh, just an interesting experiment. I'd love to see what happens with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had something else I was going to say about Craig Smith, and now I'm forgetting it. Well, oh, we need it to go to an ad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I've got actually a transition lined up for that one, so we're, we'll get there eventually. You can, okay. we can just – um to me i think i think like craig smith strikes me as one of those like sweeney signings that's just gonna work out i think there's a lot of those like i don't really want to call it like straight up under the radar because it's not like he's like an unknown guy but i feel like he's the type of player that sweeney like makes that deal and it just works and you know there's no perfect gm out there obviously like David Backus, like, come on, he made some mistakes as anybody does, but I, the Craig bad. Smith strikes me as as the type of signing that, like, that's the Sweeney move that is going to work out well. And I, I, I like, like Chris said, a lot of people were expecting a Taylor Hall or something like that. I think Bruins fans are always trying to shoot high on the free agent market and things like that. And those moves are exciting. Don't get me wrong; like, it would be cool to see Taylor Hall on Bruins jersey. But at the end of the day, that's a really expensive move. It's a risky move. And those are the things that can come back to bite you in the ass down the line. And a, a, a player like Craig Smith is not going to be as much of an investment. But, you know, look at like somebody like Charlie Coyle, obviously, who could be his line mate here now. <clears throat> not the biggest high-profile signing at the time, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Bruins fan who's not happy about that signing, you know, looking back at it right now. So, to me, they kind of strikes me as one of those moves that, no, it's not the most exciting splash, but it adds some very strong depth that can be a difference maker down the season. No, he's not going to single-handedly be the difference maker that's going to win you a cup. Now, watch, he's going to score, like, seven overtime goals in the playoffs and do that. Craig Smith, Smythe Trophy winner. Yeah, right. But those are the building blocks that you need, in my opinion, to create a Stanley Cup contender and have that depth. And to me, it just strikes me as a signing that, could really benefit the Bruins down the road just as far as having a strong team top to bottom. So excited to see it. Uh, we've talked a lot of Bruins. Let's transition to the better hockey team in Boston right now, the Boston Pride, the NWHL coming back. Lauren, I know you've done some stuff, especially recently with the Pride. Um, I'm really super stoked to see this this season play out in, in Lake Placid. I think it's fucking awesome that they're playing at Herb Brooks Arena, first of all. I'm super stoked to watch that. Um, and it's going to be quick. It's just going to be like two weeks of just like hockey, hockey, hockey. 
And I think after the last couple of months we've been deprived of it, it's going to be awesome to be able to watch the Bruins and the Pride at the same time. Um, but overall, coming off of a kick-ass season last year, obviously getting cut short, what are you expecting from the Pride this season? Are they going to just pick up right where they left off and just mop the floor with everybody else again? I mean, the run they had last year was outstanding. What are you expecting out of them this season? Um, I expect pretty much the same thing as last year. Um, they pretty much have the same team, plus the addition of Sammy Davis, which is an incredible signing. I mean, they traded with Toronto for that number one pick to draft her to keep her in Boston. So, And she's incredible. I covered her a little bit while she was at BU. And her on-ice presence is just incredible. And everything she's doing off the ice now just speaks so much to her character. And that just brings so much amazing things to the ice as well. Um, I fully expect the Pride to pick up right where they left off just be absolute monsters and kind of Carolyn Pilch, the GM of the pride told me that this is basically a revenge tour. And I think that's the perfect way to put it that, you know, these women were robbed of playing in the Isabel cup in March. And now it's been almost a year since they've been on played in a hockey game. It's I think 10 months that it'll be once they get down to like Placid. Um, So I think it's, I think it's gonna be a fun season. It's going to be fast and it's going to be, it's gonna be hard, but I think, if any team can get right back to it, it's going to be the pride. And I'm really, really excited to see what they do, how Sammy Davis kind of fits into that squad. And I'm just, I mean, I'm excited to see Toronto play too. It's their first season and it's going to be fun. Like I think it's 17 days total. So it's, it's quick. It's going to be something like we've never seen before. We're playing a full season in 17 days. So plus the championship game. So it's all right there. Um, so I'm really, really excited. I have really high expectations and I have no reason to think that it's going to be a down season for them. Yes, yeah, it seems like a really good idea for both uh, getting engagement with fans, um, being able to put it in, in a safe location and have it take place in a way that uh, is going to make sure that no one is contracting COVID, um, which is something you can't say for what the NHL is doing. Um, and, uh, having all the games streaming on Twitch as, as they've been doing, um, is, is awesome. And, uh, we're going to be hammering that. We're going to cover the shit out of it. Absolutely. And just for, for any Bruins fans who might not be familiar with the pride last season, when we say they mopped the floor, they fucking mopped the floor with other teams. They went 23, one and oh. They scored 120 goals and they gave up 43. Like it was a full on shit smacking. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't know that I mean, the only team that was even close to them was was the Minnesota Whitecaps, and that even they only, they went 17 five and two. Like they were unreal last year, and so I'm super excited. To me, it's like they get in there like, like Lawrence said. They they were robbed of an opportunity in the spring to win the Isabel Cup. To me, it's like they're gonna get in there quick warmies for the regular season and get right back into the playoffs and kind of pick up where they left off with that chance to just finish the job really. So I'm super stoked to, to watch this and, and also to see Toronto Lauren, one person that stands out to me on this team that I'm really excited to watch some more of is the goaltender, Lavisa Salander. I'll admit, I kind of have a, a personal connection here. Uh, she was the goaltender at RPI before signing with the pride. Um, which was the school that my father and my grandfather both went to. I grew up, I learned hockey at RPI watching uh, men's and women's games there growing up. 
and she was just fucking unreal at RPI. Like, like probably the best goaltender in NCAA history playing for the engineers. Um, she's the all time saves leader in NCAA division one history and just was absolutely unreal. Like RPI did not have the strongest team when she was there, but she would make like 70 saves a game and like, and they would win like two to one. Like it would be just absolutely insane. And I remember when, um, when she was still there, like people were like, this goaltender they have is, is insane. And, and, you know, obviously at the time it was like, all right, well, let's see if she can carry it over to the pro game. And she was absolutely outstanding last season, 17 wins of 1.71 goals against a 941 save percentage set the single season record uh, for that save percentage. So I'm really excited to see some more of her because she has been super impressive at every level. And in a short season, I expect she's going to be able to just pretty much carry them. So I'm super stoked to see some more of her. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Like she's just, she's so dominant and it's just, it's, it's going to be really hard for opponents. And especially you have the pride of so like a really good goalie tandem there. So you take one out, you're still probably going to get shut out, maybe get one goal on them. And it's, it's going to be really hard for opponents, especially in a fast season too, where every game is going to count. There's going to be no room for error here. And that only spells bad news for, for pride opponents. Um, but also Toronto's goalie in Toronto, I think, you know, they're going to come in and try to make a statement. It's their first season in the NWHL. They obviously have a strong team there. And I mean, we know that a goalie is so, so, so important to a team. I mean, they can make or break the team and yes, it's a team sport and it's never on one person, but you know, the goalie is so you depend on them so much to keep you in this game. And I think that's going to be a huge thing, not just with Boston and Toronto, but also like, through the whole league. Yeah, absolutely. She also ended the season last year with a 130 straight shutout minutes, which is just insane. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm super stoked to see her uh, come back and, and really, and, and also, like you said, for Toronto and uh, to have them finally get a chance to to get a, a team in the NWHL and newsflash, Toronto cares about their fucking hockey. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see, like, they have a, a relatively small sample size to prove themselves in their first season here, obviously. Um, so I, I think, like you said, Toronto is going to be chomping at the bit to really make a name for themselves. So it's going to be can, exciting there. Leafs fans are getting impatient. So, like, there's a lot. There's yeah, they need a champion anyway. Yeah. What, what if the Knicks win a championship, like, before the Leafs? Like, and it's just like, what? They just they just became a thing, and the Leafs have been That's waiting. Probably like, very likely. They probably <laughs> will. They yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Drew, here's your segue. Lavisa Salander, my favorite player. <laughs> a product of Sweden was uh, played for Taper Team Sweden at the, the 2019 Four Nations Tournament. Sweden, of course, a European hockey nation. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, 
you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays, and we'll see you there, folks. What a promo. Yeah, I just, I can't stop thinking about how much more engagement our (laughs) podcast would get if we sounded like that guy. I'm going to start faking you for Jackson on here just to like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that was was borderline offensive there, Drew, but. Uh, what? Wow. Hello, mate. That's not offensive. <laughs> no, you're, you're no, just a bad accent. Was offensive. Accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, see, I'll start trying to do a British accent, and it just automatically turns Australian because I don't know what to say. Like, I'll say <laughs> pip pip cheerio, another shrimp <laughs> on the bobby. <laughs> and then neither are great. Neither no, are you're great. just going to say some Harry Potter shit. <laughs> this is a, yeah. Harry Potter. There's some pee blinders or something. Um, Lauren, one more thing while we're talking about the pride. Um, I saw your article recently about the polar plunge with Sammy Davis and stuff and uh, anything you want to talk about with that. And and you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier her character, but I know um, that organization as a whole really is really stressed just building a team that obviously is talented, but really focusing on the character and, uh, Obviously, it makes for a good hockey team, but it also just, to me, you know, makes it just an enjoyable team to watch and just one you can really root for. Yeah, that this whole story has been so fun. Like, I just, I spoke to Carolyn thinking I'd get some story, a really great story about the bubble and how that came to be and how they're preparing for it. And it snowballed into her talking about Sammy and doing all this for the uh, Travis Roy Foundation. Um, and it's... It like like you said, it just speaks so much to her character, and it's funny because both Carolyn and Paul Mara told me separately that they build this team off character, and I just thought that was so funny that they both said that in separate interviews. Um, and I'm just like, well, it's clear that they both really mean that because a the women that they have on there obviously are all amazing and just kick ass women, and then you add Sammy, who's already done so much with BU, and just, you know, a Massachusetts girl wants to do 24 polar plunges in 24 days. Um, and I thought what was really, really awesome about the the most the Saturday polar plunge with Chris Wagner, um, I mean, we just got hit with a snowstorm. We had a foot of snow out there. Um, I know. Oh, yes, we did. So, <laughs> and her videos, you know, she's running through the snow on the beach right into the ocean like it's nothing. And I woke up Saturday morning and I knew that they were doing that then. And it was like, I think it was seven degrees when I woke up and I had to take my dog out and I'm like bundled up. And I was like, how are they going to jump in an ocean? Like they're going to get hypothermia, these like these brave souls. And, you know, after I spoke to Paul pretty much like right after he got out of the ocean and just he he sounded so fulfilled and he just couldn't say enough about Sammy. And I think that speaks to her. You know, I haven't even spoken to her and it's just what I'm getting from her GM and her coach are just so much praise about her character and how much she's going to bring to this team. And she hasn't even played a game for the pride yet. Like this is, I think that's one of the coolest things about this is that she just started to 
fundraise for Travis Roy Foundation. Obviously, Travis Roy meant a lot to BU and meant a lot to Sammy. And it just snowballed into her team helping her. And then it got her coach, her GM, the team president got involved. And then it even got Chris Wagner involved. So just to see how it went from Sammy doing this really great thing for charity, turning into, I think they raised $10,000. They have all this support now. Um, and I think that's great. I think it goes to show that she's going to kick ass on the ice. She obviously kicks ass off the ice. And what more could you want in a player and a person? Like she's just, we already knew she was going to be the perfect fit here just from her Boston ties and being a Pembroke native. And I think it's just, you couldn't ask for a better fit for, for Sammy or the pride. Yeah. I was just going to say, like I did the polar plunge once and I forget what, I honestly forget what charity it was granted. It was probably like 10 years ago that I did it. And like, you know, I might've raised like $50 based on my sponsors. Like I'd rather pay the $50 than do that again. Like that, like if I'm raising like a significant amount of money, I'd do it. But like, you know, for that amount, I would just pay, but like, that's incredible to be doing it that many times, like in a row. I can't, I can't even imagine. Cause I remember how cold that was in coming out, especially how cold that was. It's just, Oh, Oh, I can't imagine doing it that many times, but for a great cause like that, like, I don't know, props to her. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'm, afraid. I'm not made for the cold. Like you just watching her do it is making me freezing. Just like I'm, I'm not meant for for cold at all. I'm not built for it. I can't I can't handle it. So I would I don't think I could ever do a polar plunge if it obviously was for charity. It's totally different. But I I don't know. I don't think I could. I don't think I have it in me. Yeah, I don't know. It's I think I did it once just because I was being a jackass. But like I don't think I, I don't know. But <laughs> charity yeah, my dairy is just like probably yeah no good reason really but. Um, yeah, obviously just such an easy person to root for, like not even talking about the hockey. And then, you know, when she goes out there and puts up a hat trick, it's going to be that much easier. So super stoked to see her. Obviously, like you said, a, a Massachusetts native, a BU girl trying to just, it's going to be, it's the perfect fit on the ice and, and with a resume. And then you add the fact that, um, you know, that she's just such an awesome person to that. Super stoked to see her join a team that is already very dangerous. So, um, yeah, super stoked for the NWHL season here. Um, oh, so much hockey to watch. It's going to be excellent. I really can't wait. Uh, guys, do we have any more questions for Lauren? Because I do have one more for her, but I'm, I feel like I've been hogging it here. If anybody has anything else to fire away. <laughs> no, we covered most of the stuff that I was going to talk about. Um, do we have Christmas song? <laughs> What's my favorite Christmas song? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I like the classics just from like when I was a kid hearing like Rudolph and Frosty and all that. But like if Mariah Carey comes on, man, you best believe I am like, I don't care yeah. where I am. I'm stopping. I'm jamming. And same with Britney Spears. Oh, man. Like I will... I don't care if like my house goes up in flames. Like I, I have to dance to the song. You have if you're to not, stop and if you're not jamming out to Mariah Carey, then what are you even fucking doing? Like you right. really need to reevaluate your life choices. Right. I've really missed out on all I want for Christmas is you because I haven't been in a mall this year. Yeah, no, point. same. But I mean, hey, you can you got YouTube, you can pull it up, you got Spotify. 
jamming up there. You got Google Maps. You can you can bring up a mall. All right, Lord, I do have a question for you. I was stalking your Twitter earlier, getting ready for uh, for the episode, and. God damn it, Drew. <laughs> so, we're going to have to charge like so much extra for any ads that we do because Drew's just going to keep firing them off in the middle of the episode. Uh, Drew has too much power. <laughs> this is yeah. great. I love this. Thank you to uh, the Hockey Podcast yeah, Network. For, for some reason, for giving Drew this power, it's not good. Oh, jeez. Um, Lauren, obviously, you have a, a super impressive resume with, with your work for Nesson and stuff. Something that really jumps out to me in your Twitter bio, though, fitness and chicken nugget enthusiast. <laughs> Not something you'd expect to go in the same sentence, fitness and chicken nuggets, but I really want – there's got to be a story behind this. Like, are you just, just a huge chicken nugget stand? Is there, are you di- team dino nugget? Is it like regular – crispy salt like what are you talking what's the deal here i just love chicken nuggets like there there was a time like four or five years ago i was um competing to be in a fitness competition and you get it's super strict right toward the end i never made it to the stage but i made it to the point where you can't even have cheat meals and i was talking with my coach and she's like okay like we're four weeks out and this is where like the cheat meals end and i was like no chicken nuggets and she's yeah, like, and that's why you, you're like, I'm out, I'm done. For I'm like, what do you mean? And she's Sorry, like, deal breaker. Yeah. And she's like, I've never seen someone so upset about chicken nuggets. And just like my whole life, I've, I've loved chicken nuggets. And like my, my boyfriend and I first started dating a couple years ago. He was talking to me and he was like, were you even listening to me? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about chicken nuggets. <laughs> I'm just really hungry right now. I can't blame you. <laughs> and he's like, he still brings it up to this day. He's like, remember that time you weren't listening and you're like, oh, I'm thinking about chicken nuggets. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I'll, I have, I always have chicken nuggets in my freezer. Like, I had some, I had some yesterday. I don't think I had any today, but I haven't had dinner yet. So we still have chicken nuggets. <laughs> the opportunity is still there. Right, so well. It's still possible. It's still very possible. Oh, yeah. Chicken nuggets today. So. <laughs> Two-part question here. If you're going – if you're like – you really want some good nugs, if you're ordering them or picking them up and if you're making them, like what are your go-to brands slash fast food slash restaurant? Like where are you – who has the best nugs? Because it seems like you're the expert here. <laughs> so if I want spicy nugs, I'm obviously going to Wendy's. There is no, yeah. no question there. Um, if I'm hungover, I love McDonald's nuggets. They just do the trick there. And they're also like, I love McDonald's nuggets. That was my thing when I was a kid. My mom couldn't convince me to get like hamburger Happy Meals. It was always chicken nuggets. So definitely McDonald's. I think that's my go-to. And I can also walk to one right from my house. So that's a plus. Um, and then as for like when I go to the store, it's like the Purdue Dino Nuggets, <laughs> like which just never fail. Um, and Purdue likes to say like they're super healthy. Um, and then also at BJ's, I get, they're like called like just bear, I think is what they are. I get them at Costco too. Um, they're supposedly healthy, but they're also really, really good. But I think any chicken nugget is a good chicken nugget. And that's, that's really good for me. You know, I think, I think the world would be a better place if people didn't discriminate against chicken nugget varieties. So So I think, yeah, I think that could be it. Have you, did you see that story that was going around the internet a couple weeks? Ago? I guess it probably was longer now. About um, it was the a, dude who was seventeen went to, months ago. <laughs> the dude, yeah, 
The guy who went to his like town hall meeting and, and like petitioned on behalf of Spicy Nugs. Oh yeah, yes, yes it was yes. glorious. I I I'm, I actually read on the news. I'm not, that not legitimately was months ago though. Okay. <laughs> was it actually? I thought yeah. it was like two months, maybe two months ago. Was it really? Oh man, I'm gonna have to find this for you. It was like it was like early COVID because I remember them having a mask, but then they like took it off, so it was like still okay to just like take off your mask at a public hearing. I'm like trying to find the. It was like one of the dude's sons who like came in. Saucy nice. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, it was this dude in Nebraska, (laughs) um, who was very offended. With boneless chicken wings being called boneless chicken wings because they're not the wing of a chicken, and he was petitioning that they should be renamed just, just nugs, just saucy nugs. Um, but he actually went to his town hall meeting and gave a very impassioned speech about why they should be called spicy nugs. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, I just can't recommend it enough. It's just pure <laughs> it's like content at least, gold. Um, it's like at least like a ten minute clip, right? I, say like, like, uh, I think it was like I think it was like five minutes, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but he the, the, like he got through the entire thing with a straight face. Like it was a very impassioned speech. So I, I can't I can't recommend that enough. You should definitely you should definitely find a way to listen to that. Or, I uh, or check I it already out. know I relate to this guy so much. Like just being so yeah. passionate about chicken nuggets. Like I think I think I found my best friend. He's out there. He's in, <laughs> yeah, he's in and, Nebraska. And, and, and really, like not to not to judge a book by its cover, but like if there was some, if you like picture in your head someone that would go to a town hall meeting to petition on behalf of of nugs of spicy nugs, this is pretty much what you'd expect him to look like. Like uh, it's it it fits the bill. It's it's the perfect like. It's just chef's kiss as far as content goes. Oh, I need really to look that up. Yeah, I can I can DM it to you or something. It's really good stuff. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know. Does anybody have anything else before we we set it loose here? Do we favorite have, color? Do we have what? Twitter questions? Oh, I think we did actually. We did about like a drinking game. If we played Drunk Driver and Mario Kart, who would win? Oh, oh Birio Kart. Yeah, that's a uh, good game. I like to play full contact Mario Kart. I think that's the either, best way to do it. Either Cam or Drew would win. I don't know. I haven't played Mario Kart in years. Really? I oh, pl- I've played a good amount. Of, for someone who doesn't own like a Nintendo product, I've played a good amount of Mario Kart over the past few years. So, so I'll take that one. If you it want. sounds like we're going to have to have a Mario Kart off. Yeah, so sounds like we're That's all going to need to buy Nintendo. Sounds consoles. like some Friday content to me. <laughs> so I have a, I have a, a game lot of money to make. <laughs> I don't think sounds you have like a lot question, of money to make that happen. Yeah, the other question we had was who was blacked out the most times, which I don't think that's even possible <laughs> to answer because you can't really remember because <laughs> you were blacked out. So, <laughs> like on the what? On what is the question? I'm guessing beer, but like, <laughs> I was like, thinking, but yeah, 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 but like just that or like, I don't think we need to litigate it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know. You can respond back, Drew, if you want to dig into the details. There. Um, depends <laughs> yeah, on, depends on the, the, that criteria, whether okay. or not I am a hundred percent. Yes. Or a hundred percent. No. All right. I'm editing um, this week, so I feel comfortable saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normally, Drew just, like, when he knows I'm editing, he'll just say a bunch of awful shit that I have to cut out. So just fuck with me. I say awful. It's really not that bad. It's just probably not stuff that we want to be airing because. Skinny you know, pop. Skinny pop, yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the floor is yours now. What are you working on recently? Obviously, we've we've mentioned you're working for Ness and you've got a ton of stuff going on there. But what do you want to pump? It's all you. Um, I have a ton of Pride stuff coming. I had something come out tonight and then tomorrow, Tuesday, um, I'm having my bubble feature come out where I spoke with Carolyn about the bubble. Super excited. I've been working on it for like a week because transcribing is an absolute bitch. It's the, like, I just hate it. I hate my own voice. I hate like listening to my own voice for 30 straight minutes of just question after question. Um, Shout out to so- the podcast listeners who have listened to all of our voices for the last hour. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. You guys are the real heroes. We, so we have that coming, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I have another pride story next week. And then just, we have so much Bruins content. Like I can't even explain, like we just have this sheet of stuff just ready to go that we've been working on that we're going to be working on for the coming weeks until January 13th. I think it's from December 29th until January 13th. It's every day. It's going to be something like storylines, predictions, uh, winners, losers, uh, I don't know what else like there's just so much um, so that's going to be like my main focus for the next couple months which I'm super excited about because I've missed writing about hockey um, and I think that's really really it like keep an eye out for that because I'm pumped like it's it's really fun to be able to create your own content and you know we do a lot of aggregating we do a lot of you know we sit in on all these press conferences but it's so rewarding when you're like doing it on your own and you're, you're making up this content, you have this plan and just seeing it come to life. So the Bruins and pride content is something we no pun intended, take a ton of pride in and we just can't wait to get it out there and (laughs) give us all the clicks because it makes us happy. (laughs) It will be, we'll be sharing your work. Um, Make sure you you spell out your Twitter handle though. So people can follow you (laughs) already. My Twitter handle is la 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 Lauren. So it's three laws and then Lauren with four R's. That's the easiest way to describe it. um, It's been my Twitter handle since I got Twitter. It's been, it was my AOL screen name when I was like 15. So it's like, it's been with me for half my life. So it's probably never going to (laughs) change. That's the loyalty that we we love here. I'm committed. Um, yeah, definitely uh, toss Lauren a follow on Twitter. Find her work. As somebody who's followed her stuff for a while, it's I promise you it's all going to be good. Thank you. Um, not that my word means anything, but <laughs> I can I can assure you it really As somebody is somebody who has a word that means something, I have also yeah. followed Lauren for a really long time, and her stuff's great. Yeah. yeah. So I'll definitely, uh, I feel like my opinion matters least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check her out at la 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 Lauren, three, three laws, four R's. You got two, it. Two, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, guys, what are we what are we singing out to today? Anybody got a good song suggestion? We're getting close to the holiday season. Do we have any any Play Free Bird. <laughs> Free Bird. <laughs> um, like a bird now. And the bird you can't change.